Thanks for tuning in. This episode was originally recorded for YouTube, so some references might be lost on listeners. To get the full experience and to view current episodes, go to youtube.com forward slash at Rob Talks Beer. That's youtube.com forward slash the at symbol Rob Talks Beer. All right, let's go to the episode. Welcome to Rob from the Internet Talks About Beer, a show where we discuss different styles of beer, beer history, beer flavor profiles. We give shout outs to breweries we think make exceptional beer, and we talk about whatever else comes to mind during the course of the conversation. I'm Rob from the Internet. Let's talk about beer. All right, so joining me today is a, is a random Twitter person who decided to be on my show, which is always one of the f- most fantastic types of guests to have because you never know what we're going to get in the grab bag. Uh, joining me today is Brooks Brown. Brooks, if you would, tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got into craft beer, and what you do when you're not talking to people like me about craft beer. Well, I, I grew up in Denver, so beer was kind of just a thing, uh, just uh, family-wise. Uh, and uh, as I was going through high school, you know, stealing Bud Ices where I could and the other crap beer that could exist, um, I started getting into, with my cousin, my cousin started doing home brewing. And uh, through him, I got into kind of some of the weirder, it was an early scene, the mid nineties. It was like just really getting going, Uh, not to date myself. I'm going to do that a few times. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I finally made my way to the great American beer festival when it was in Denver. And that was uh, revelatory. And I just became a fan of beer. I like, it just became like a thing that I like to nerd out about that turned into wine that turned into just being a snob about everything. It's fine. Um, uh, You know, the, where it, where it fully started for me was my first, uh, I work in video games and my first like games job that I got to leave Denver for was in San Francisco. And so I happened to move, uh, into a terrible apartment that was with three illegals and one non-illegal. Like I didn't have any money. I was making 1150 an hour, 30 hours a week in San Francisco. So like you live where you do, but it happened to be right above city beer store. And if anyone here has been to San Francisco, City Beer Score is the place. It was wild. Uh, they had just opened, Craig and Beth, the owners, um, and they took pity on me. And Craig started teaching me about like really hardcore craft beer, like the stuff that I had no idea. And he was in it. He was a, you know, one of the guys who would actually, you know, get, you know, kegs of Pliny when it would come down and he knew everyone. And so he, he'd teach me about it. And it's ultimately what got me into the beer I'm drinking today, which I cracked out a special one because this like you said, random, weird internet things are one of my favorite moments. And this is, I love this stuff. So that's a short summary. I'm, I literally could go on for hours about all this though. So I warn you. Awesome. Awesome. So today we are talking about, uh, sours. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have three different choices. I haven't decided which one I'm going to crack first. So, uh, first from, from local, local to me from green and grit brewing is hot fun. So this is a sour with tangerine, vanilla, and lactose. Oh, Lord. Um, uh, another one that I have from the same brewery is called Lifeline. So this is a sour with blackberry, black currant, and lavender. And then the third choice is, is one of my favorites. It's called Purple Sour Ranger. This is from Wildcard Card Brewing in Trenton, Ontario. This is a kettle-soured farmhouse ale aged on black raspberries. That's amazing. 
Yeah, that, um, I call that I call that one purple danger juice because you don't realize it's got alcohol until you're like three or four in and you go to stand up and you kind of fall a little sideways. <laughs> it's awesome. It's uh, I so I'm for me and I've already cracked it open, so it's this is not a choice for me. It would be a uh, temptation from uh, Russian River. Uh, Russian River is probably my favorite brewery in the world. Um, it's it's the only brewery I've ever spent Christmas at, I think is the way I would put it. Um, <laughs> and uh, they they do some exceptionally weird beers and unusual stuff. But the stuff that I've gotten into is they're uh, re-aged sort of all sorts of beers, but they re-aged beers inside of wine barrels. They're just outside of Sonoma. It makes sense that they were able to do that. But the way they do it and what it turns out, this is re-aged in Chardonnay. And it's uh, just an exceptionally really tart sour beer at first. But this was, I was checking the bottle date. This was bottled in 2017. Uh, and so it ages in a dark, cool place over time because it's corked. And so it just changes. And the flavor over time mellows out. It's extraordinary. Um, it's it's one of my favorite beers uh, ever. There's like, they've got four beers that are better than it. And I'm not sure anyone else in the world compares, in my opinion. That's, I, this is my brewery of choice. Hey, out of that, Santa Rosa, that- California. That's that. That's what this show is about: is uh, talking about your your beer and breweries of choice. So yeah, you know, for me, uh, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of big beers. So anything that's barrel aged in any sort of way oh. that uh, that 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 creeps up into the double digit ABVs is 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 all right in my book. Uh, you know, I, I'm the guy. I'm the guy who who uh, who, who just last weekend went into a brewery who had uh, a uh, bourbon barrel aged quad that uh, had barrel aged for two years and bottle aged for three and i bought all of it uh <laughs> oh yeah so it, you're the guy so i i can't i've wanted to get into to to trip to quads so badly i can't even tell you but it's there's something that it's like it's like eating a meal in a bite it's like a bite of a beer rather than a drink and it's like my palate just goes the other direction and i've tried like uh, again uh they the the whole belgian beer scene is basically based around this type of thing and these styles and uh, city beer store very much famous for a lot of theirs and i just i tried i really yeah. did and it's it's so much and it's so yummy but i i can never buy like because they always come in the big goddamn huge bottles and so it's always like cool i'll die if i drink that much so i'll have a <laughs> sip and then i just don't end up having the rest so Right. Well, l- luckily the ones I got are only 500 mil bottles, so they're not uh, they're not giant. Uh, but but I did buy ten of them, which was all they had left in stock. <laughs> and, I, I've know, done that. It, it's it's a oh I'm going to have one this weekend, and oh I'll have one next weekend, and I'll have one the weekend after that. So it's not like I'm sitting down and drinking three or four of these in a sitting. It's like this is going to be the beer that I finish my night off with. So I want it to be something nice and memorable and something really flavorful. And and I find that the barrel aged beers are are that they're always they're always flavorful. They're always smooth, uh, you know, a lot smoother than they than they would. And be interesting. And like it's it's yes. and interesting, just like literally the flavor. It's not just oh cool. It's which I love. I'm a really I'm an IPA guy, big time. Like I could just go through those, but like those, it's a good flavor. This like it fills your mouth, it coats it. It's just this really nice sort of every drink. It's like ah, like it's it's like it's what I imagined beer would be when I was like 12 and watching The Simpsons. Like I don't know if that makes sense. Like that emotion of how Homer would drink and you go ah. Yes. It's yes. like, and I don't think I had that for like 10 years. Cause I will tell you, Bud Ice does not do that. So, so mine is this beautiful, beautiful, 
purple color. Uh, it's in a fantastic glass from Unicorn Brewing in uh, in uh, Portland, Oregon. I uh, had uh, the, the owner of Unicorn Brewing on my show uh, just a little while back, uh, and we were we were talking about um, Czech dark lagers, uh, which is another fantastic style. Uh, Unicorn is excellent. Yeah, Zach Zach's a great guy too. I mean, Unicorn seems is like he- excellent. I'm uh, I'm just outside of Portland myself, so nice, nice. So so yeah. Yeah, so you're you're probably familiar with it then. I, I am. So yeah, I, uh, I decided to wow. to crack open the purple danger juice uh, to go with first because it's it is one of my favorite beers. Um, I'm a little biased on it though because uh, I am friends with the owners of the brewery and and uh, you know so but uh, it is one of my favorites. Whenever it comes out, I tend to grab twelve or twenty four of them and I throw them in the back of the cooler and I drink them at you know at like like kool-aid which is a problem but, <laughs> it's, but it's, it's, fantastic. it's these the temptation i've i uh, so i have like i have like levels because russian river does like they have like their piece de resistance which i'll get to uh but like temptation is one of their very it's it's harder to find they don't generally have it on tap anywhere it's always bottled and so i always have like luckily i have a few friends who are also into russian river who go up there so i'm like send me a case buy a case and send me it but their entire line all the way down to their darker stuff like consecration is incredible uh, it's all like, uh, you know, really, really dark, uh, but still deep sours. Nothing as beautiful as that. That's a beautiful beer. Like, it's a really nice color. Um, but then if you go to the extreme high end, and I have I have four bottles of it left because it's like I can't touch it. I can't mentally handle it. It's beatification. Beatification is like they're, you're allowed to buy six mm-hmm. ever, and they only come out once every 18 months, and there's like yep. 3,000 of them, and that's it, and it's gone forever. It's probably the last bottle of beatification I might get. Like there's a, there's a reality to that. Even if I live another 40 years, I may never see another bottle. So it's like, Oh, I don't, don't want to drink it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I totally, I totally get that. Um, you know, and, and, uh, I've never had any beers from, from Russian river though. I have seen lots of their beers. Um, um, cause you know, I I've been, I I've been to the West coast. Uh, I've been to San Francisco. Where, whereabouts are you? Uh, right now, I am living uh, about an hour from Toronto, uh, so I'm oh. up uh, up in the Great White North, uh, if you want to call sure. it that. Even even though technically the entire state of Minnesota is north of me, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I'm in uh, Southwest Ontario right now. Uh, I'm originally from Illinois, so moving to uh, Southwest uh, Ontario was not a big move for me. It was like moving to Milwaukee, across the water, basically. Yeah, just 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 moving mo- moving more towards the east than uh, than anything. It was it was uh, 350 miles east and 150 miles north for me. So, you know. So if you were in Illinois, I have to ask because I'm always curious: Is it colder on the like which is colder? Because Chicago's the I, I have family in Detroit. I had family in I had people in Chicago I'd visit, and both are the only places I've ever actively thought I was going to die from exposure. So where I live now, compared to where I where I lived in Illinois, uh, Illinois was a lot colder. But it also Illinois was also a lot hotter. It was like the worst of the worst. You got the coldest of the cold and the hottest of the hot because one in, in the winter there's nothing to block the uh, the winds coming down from the north, so you no, get it's... you just get bitter bitter wind chill and where i live now i'm, I'm actually you know i'm like uh i'm like uh, 40 minutes from lake erie 45 minutes from lake ontario and like an hour from lake huron so i'm surrounded by water so the 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 winters are never as cold they're they're, they're more damp uh obviously because there's a lot more moisture around here but uh, they're never as cold and the heat the heat isn't as bad either for the same reason because we're surrounded by so much water but the humidity gets to be pretty it's pretty brutal, unbearable. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, wh- whereas uh, in Illinois, I mean, you get hum- you get a lot of humidity in Illinois where I was from. I was from about a, about an hour northwest of Chicago, a town called Rockford. And uh, hmm. again, because there's there's nothing, it's flatlands. It gets fucking hot and everything bakes because there's 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 nothing to really shade you unless you're hanging out downtown, you know, in the shadow of tall buildings. If you're out if you're out in suburbia, it's nothing but uh, one story houses and there's nothing really to block, you know, and with the, with the way everything goes in construction these days, you know, there's no trees, there's, there's no nothing. It's just, you know, every, everybody wants these big green expansive lawns. Yes, they do. I want trees. I want bushes. I'm an hour North of Portland. I'm I'm technically in Washington and it's like the best part of it is there's trees everywhere. It's I, it's, it's the best. I, I keep going further and further away. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell me, tell me a little bit about uh, the flavor profile of the beer that you've got here. So, uh, so it, it's, it's straight on the more Chardonnay side of sour. It's got a light tartness. Um, but I mean, after aging, it, I'm trying to remember what it tastes like before aging, before aging, it has a lot of bite because it is, it is straight more like citrus sour, but as it, as it ages, it just smooths and mellows out. So it's, uh, it's honeys. There's a lot of honey citrus more on that side. It adds a sweetness. It's it's brewed with Britannomyces bread. So you're talking about like like a hard punch until right. it ages and mellows. And then over time, um, I don't know. It's unique. I, I sound I sound terrible saying that. I'd like to say I'm a bigger nerd in terms of like being able to define <laughs> the flavors, but it it's deeply unique. You end up with on the one side for sure. You can you can almost taste the Chardonnay barrels straight through it. Like it's, it's way more powerful over time, but even early on, there's some of that. Um, but the way that they brew, you end up with kind of that, that edge of the IPA without, uh, maybe even more towards Pilsner. Like it's, it's not hoppy at all. It loses all of that stuff. Um, and it ends up just with a very nice sedentary, lemony, citrus, honey edge that I, again, I, I, I worship this beer. I worship yeah. this oh, beer. Yeah. So aged in Chardonnay barrels. So does it does it pick up that uh, kind of buttery oakiness from from the Chardonnay barrels, or or is I it, don't is notice it... the oaky myself. It's it's a lot more of the Chardonnay. Uh, just to read the back of it because it's they have their screed. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, is it beer or wine? It's that's actually a really good question. Um, aged in French oak wine barrels with distinct characteristics of fruit and subtle oak. Sounds more like a description of wine than beer, but of course, Temptation is indeed beer. Temptation is a blonde ale. After the primary fermentation, it is aged in used French oak Chardonnay barrels. Flavors of wine and oak absorb into the brew throughout the barrel aging. During this time, a secondary fermentation occurs, and a yeast strain disliked by most brewers and winemakers called Britannomyces. I can never pronounce that correctly. Britannomyces? Myces is Brett. what I say, but I just, I everyone just says Brett. Yeah, because um, nobody wants to nobody wants to butcher it. No one wants know. to be that person. That's right. Um, the addition of Brett, along with two good bacterias, gives temptation intriguing characteristics and pleasant sourness. It is re-fermented in the bottle to create carbonation, as you saw as I... As you cracked it, it went uh, all uh, over the place. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's used, the same process used to make champagne and sparkling wine. And it does have that... Like it's, it's, it's got that edge of champagne more than any beer I've had. There's one that came out of, uh, there's another brewery that did one. Well, I think it was on it uh, has skull with the crown on it. I'll remember it at some point. It'll click with me. They like did the same kind of thing and it's a much more champagne style. So the bubbles are a lot smaller. They pop in different ways. It's not the same head. 
it's a very different type of beer. And again, I, like I said, I crossed from beer sort of over into wine. So I sit on that weird edge where I'm also, a, I'm also a wine snob and a painful human being in general to know. <laughs> so this like just hits those notes of both of them just really nicely for me. It's that sweet spot for you. Got it. Yeah. So, so mine, mine, um, when you bring it up to your nose, you get nothing but raspberry. I mean, I mean, it makes sense because it's a soured farmhouse ale aged on black raspberry. So you get that yeah. raspberry right up off. the. That, nose I and, can't get over that color though. Like that's, it's just beautiful looking. Yeah. It, you know, I, I wish, I wish I had a, a little bit better lighting for the glass, but yeah, it's, um, it, it looks, it looks like raspberry juice. Um, and and it tastes it tastes like juice. You you would be hard pressed to go. This is alcoholic. I mean, it's it's right. that it's that subtle and that smooth, which is kind of weird to say for a for a sour beer that it, that the the alcohol content is really smooth, so you don't really notice it. And it is. It's just like taste like a like a tart drink you'd sit out on the porch in the summertime drinking it like lemonade. It's the best but, sours. You know, the best yeah. sours aren't sour. Like it's one of those things that's kind of hard to say, but it's. In my experience, my favorites are the ones that, like, they still have that edge where, like, you can feel it almost back here. Right. But it's not, it's not the sour sour. Yeah. No, I, I love, I love sours that are mildly tart, not overly acidic. I, um, the, the, the overly acidic ones, you know, they're fine every once in a while. If you really want that punch, like, oh, I'm really looking for something that's got that punch that that's really going to quench thirst or whatever. That's when you want those really acidic ones because they, they, they do, they attack that part of your mouth. But, uh, Nine times out of ten, I'm going to go for something like this, where it's just mildly tart. You, you still get you still get a great bit of flavor from everything, and you're not you're not you're not puckering like uh, like a frog's butt when you're done mm-hmm. drinking it. You know. <laughs> oh. Yeah, um, it's it's a uh, uh, some saisons get some saison sours get really a little bit much for me on that. Yeah. Note. Um, yeah. So it's uh, it's the the weird aged. That's why I've let it sit around for like five years. I have another like half dozen in there that I just I wait. And I've been doing it for like six years. So now I, it paid off because at first I just wanted to drink all of them. But now I've got my stash where it's like every year they're aged enough. And so I can have a couple once in a while. And then I have my like other go-tos, um, which is nice, nice to have because these are not, these are not them. These are not my everyday beers, my friend. This is for Rob's right. beer show. Right. Hey, hey, you know, I, I appreciate you busting out a special beer for, for, for uh, my show. I mean, uh, I typically try and find a beer that has a good story, but, uh, um, you know, right now sour sours are, are kind of on hiatus, uh, for another, probably for another month or so up here until it starts getting warmer. Then you'll start seeing more sours up here. So there's not a whole lot going on in the sour department right now. I had to pull some, uh, that I've had in the cooler for a little while. Um, but you know, I, I try, I try and stock up on a lot of different beer styles so that I can have them throughout the year. And, you know, because you yeah. unfortunately a lot of beers are, are are seasonal and they go away for a while and you're like oh you know i could really go for one of those and i i can reach back into the back of my cooler and go oh i can go for one of those <laughs> yeah it, it's um it's the same thing for me where it's uh there's this place in portland that i adore called uh, a little beast brewery mm-hmm. um and little beast they have uh they're like one of my go-tos they've got this cute little beer garden with like 10 tables it's really cute but they have specifically like cherry pie sour like that's their thing is they kind of do these really light ones. And if it weren't for that, I don't know what I would do because they're just, they do it. They nail that. Um, as I kind of, uh, sorry, just speaking of the timing of the year, it's one of the things that I've found most difficult is now that I live kind of just outside of a city, 
that's not LA. I was in LA or San Francisco. Everything gets shipped there. Like I can have any beer in the world every there. Every but day. Right. Now that I'm now that I'm out now I'm far away. It's uh, my favorite breweries. It's like I have to rely on hoping friends live nearby or things like that. So it's been it's been a lot tougher to find my favorite beers and kind of get a few of those in place. It's, it's harder. Uh, yeah, no, I I can see that. I mean, that's one of the one of the one one of the first world problems I've had since moving to Canada is I can't get all the beers that I used to get when I lived in Illinois. Um, you know, yeah. it's it, I used to I used to drink just like uh, I used to drink Avery Mephistopheles like it was going out of style. Can't get it up here. You know, I I used to drink uh, I used to drink just all sorts of the you know like uh, I I would go with. Um, Big Bad Baptiste is another one of my favorites. A barrel aged Russian Imperial Stout doesn't exist up I, here. You know? They used to have Russian Russian River was in grocery stores in L.A. Yeah, like, and I like good luck even finding it here in a specialty place. Just yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, well, you know, you know, one of the one of the things I really miss about uh, the states is, uh, and I lived in Illinois, so it, it, about an hour, like I said, about an hour or so northwest of Chicago was uh, Goose Island Bourbon County Stouts. So used I used to get them every year. I would get mm. multiples, you know, like a dozen or so of of the different styles total, you know, and and up here um they have they, the the liquor laws up here are very much like they are in Pennsylvania, so you have specialized stores to go buy beer, specialized mm. stores to go buy liquor. And I I swear I think they only get like a dozen bottles of Bourbon County for the entire fucking province and it's gone before, you know, before you even know it was in the store. So, yeah. uh, you know, I miss stuff like that. Luckily, though, uh, you know, uh, the beers, the craft beer scene here is still on the upward trend. Um, it's I, I say this. I say this a lot. And, I, and I'll tell anybody who asks. Uh, I think the, the craft beer scene in Canada is about 10 years behind the United States. So it's still on that really hard upward trajectory. So we're getting lots and lots of craft breweries open. And so you're getting lots and lots of options, which is great. Um I'm just it just takes it. a while for him to catch up because it always starts. I don't know if it's the same up there, but it's because it's the same thing I'm seeing here because like in Portland, they've had the beers forever, like for sure. And there's a lot of really good, like older breweries, but like I'm in, I'm just North of Vancouver, Vancouver, Washington, not Vancouver, Canada. Right. <laughs> um, the, the, that's why I just say Portland. It's just easier. Um, but it's like, they're just starting like actual breweries are starting to open up. They've been going for a few years, but it always starts with like the safe stuff. And like to get to like the weirdos, it's like you almost need like a, a pyramid where it's like got to be 10,000 of the safe stuff, then the less safe, less safe. And then the super weird stuff that tends to be where I sit is always like the two breweries. But you need the you need the rest of the mountain in order to get right, to that point. Right. You know, it's funny that you said uh, one of your go tos is a uh, little beast. Uh, we actually have a brewery uh, about an hour and 20 minutes from us called Little Beasts with an S. Um, and they specialize in Belgians and Saisons. So it, <laughs> so it's funny. They're, so, so Belgians are one of my mm. favorite styles and Saisons are one of my wife's favorite styles. So whenever we order from them, it's always going to be a, a home run because I'm going to get stuff that I really like. And she's going to get stuff that she really likes. <laughs> and that's, and I, I tend to, my brother also, uh, he's super into beer, even bruises own. He got one of those beer kit things that doing it himself, but I, he also likes weird, but he's in he's outside of Dallas. He's in Austin. And so he's able to like uh, go to like Martin house, which is, Oh, Martin house makes is, fantastic beer. Um, the most insane and upsetting thing every time is when he sends me, look at what I'm drinking. I just want to go, just stop writing me. Like, yeah. yes, I don't need this ever. I have friends that live uh, down in that area. And um, 
Martin House uh, puts puts out uh, some fantastic barrel aged uh, imperial stouts, oh, and I used no. to get them to send them to me. I would I would you know I PayPal them like here's 150 bucks, buy as much of this as you can and ship it to me, and, you know, and and it was some of the best beers. But they also put out some of the weirdest beers. I mean, they were they were like They're, one of those uh, they were they sour were, pickle beer. Yeah, they were one of the first breweries to it do works, the sour by the pickle way. beer. Oh, I know, I had one. <laughs> uh, good because most people when i tell them that they're like gross and i'm like no like it, it was, sounds awful it was so yes. weird that but it worked yeah um i went to a beer fest uh in uh st paul back in uh, i want to say it was 2017 maybe 2018 um and there was a there was a brewery i can't remember the name of it but they were doing a uh dill pickle rattler which which yeah you wouldn't think you that's the same thing it's like huh and you drank it and it was like, oh my God, this is the best beer ever because, um, you know, you're out in the hot sun, you're eating fried foods because you're at a beer festival and it's nothing but food trucks and everything. And then these people have this dill pickle rattler and it, you know, I, I was like, I'm skeptical of this because, you know, I'm the guy who like eats the dill pickle chips and was like, okay, these are too weird. I can't, I can't eat these, but I, I drank the, uh, I drank the, uh, the, the dill pickle rattler and I was like, Holy cow on a, on a really hot day. Cause it was like, it was like, you know, 95 degrees out in the sun. And, and I mean, that's when Rattlers are perfect. That's when, that's like when they're perfect. And I, and I'm, I drink and I'm like, yep, that works. <laughs> and it's, it's the one like sort of standing beer. That's always in. I have my main fridge, I'm outdoor fridge on my weird nerd fridge. It's kind of like how it's worked out. Um, I'm, because my wife doesn't want me to store my beer in the main fridge, except Rattlers. It's so one thing because, of course, she's gonna absolutely have one of those. That's wonderful. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah. We've got um, so we've got uh, our main regular fridge, which beer only lives in while we're drinking it, and then I've got a small fridge uh, just outside the studio here um, that that'll hold. I don't know. It'll probably hold uh, you know, three or four cases of beer, and then I've got a I've got a commercial cooler out in my brewing space because I am I'm a brewer as well. I've got a Ooh. tent. I've got a 10 foot long commercial cooler with three taps on it. So I can have kegs in it and the whole bit. And mm -hmm. that'll, that'll, that'll hold like, uh, I don't know. I think it holds like a, a dozen uh, cases of beer um, in the shelving side. So, yeah. So, you know, we've got, we've got uh, beer. It transitions depending like, so if I'm, if I'm recording shows, I'll have beers here downstairs next to the studio. So I, I can just walk out and grab one before the show. That's what I do with these. And then we've got the stuff out in the coolers and you know, we've got, just lots of stuff out there. I've got, I've got a whole shelf of nothing barrel aged Imperial stouts because that's my go-to style. <laughs> it's I it's I have my, my outside fridges. It's one of those smaller, like wine beer fridges, mm -hmm. but it holds my good stuff. And I, yeah. I, I it, it gives me, it's, it's a, I don't know why it feels cool. Like, I guess I had this fantasy when I was like 20 of like going out to like my, Hmm. Yes. That, Hmm. <laughs> no, not today. And granted, it's a smaller version of it. It's like five shelves. And so it's like sliding it out and going, hmm, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. Said, it feels cool to do. Like, I don't, oh, no, I don't it know. most certainly it most certainly does. I love I love it when people are like, so uh, what do you got to drink? I'm like, uh, go out and look and pull something that you want. I'm like, unless I've got I've got out in the out in the, the garage cooler, I've got a, a an old school green milk crate, like actual from like back in the milk delivery days, milk crate. Um, that I put beers in that are do not touch. These are ones that are going to be for a show. And I'm, I'm like, anything that's not in the green crate is free game. It doesn't matter if it's, it, it, I, I've got, I've got some beers out there that are from like 2013, 2012. I'm like, See, take, take whatever you want. I, 
I just flat it. out do like when someone, what do you have done? I always go, do you want an adventure or do you just want something to drink? Like, that's kind of like my yep. conversation. It's always, cause if it's an adventure, I've got that. And then, and then, oh, I've got, uh, I've got freedom and buoy cream ale in the refrigerator. Grab one of those. They're great. It's like, it's a really solid set of beers. Yep. You want weird. It's going to take me 20 minutes as I tell you the story of each one. Yeah. Of these. Oh yeah. Yeah. Most, most definitely. Like we've got, so um, we've got a friend uh, who, who, who anytime we ask them what, what kind of beer you want? They always say a beer flavored beer. So we keep, we keep, uh, we keep in the cooler. We keep, um, one of our one of our favorite breweries is called Nickel Brook. They're based out of Burlington, Ontario. They have one called Cause and Effect, which is a blonde ale, which is and it's a fantastic it's a it's a fantastic rendition of the style. It is the most inoffensive beer flavored beer that you can find, and it's the perfect introduction to craft beer for people who are not into craft beer. So, like, here, try this, and they'll like. Oh yeah, this is really good. It's it, you know, they're like, this is better than Bud. Oh, of course it's better than Bud, but it's a beer flavored beer for the people who don't, who That's don't. Boy, boy, B U O Y. It's a boy cream ale. Like everyone in the beer scene here, like kind of shits on it because it's what it's. I call it, it's a transition beer. Yeah, it's because I grew up. Uh, so I grew up in Denver back when Coors was the thing. Hey, you did hey. not drink Bud. I have I have an uncle who was a brewer a brewmaster at Coors, so I I fully understand the the, the Coors yeah. is the thing. <laughs> it's a, he he probably met my grandfather who would go on tours. Like this was <laughs> this was this is the way it worked. It, it was oh my god, it's it's with water of the mountain, and it's like all of these things that were like, and so everyone drank it, and it, it's it it's piss like it's awful. I just like I didn't like it then. I don't. I cannot stand it now. And so it's like, how do you get someone from that who likes that? Because you do like I. The same way I like McDonald's fries. Like it's not like they're great, but they're good. I don't know how to explain it. They're 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 familiar and they're comfortable. Yeah. And so you've got you need like a transition beer. And so yep. like buoy is that for me? It's always like, hey, try this. And it's like, oh, oh, that's really good. Because it's safe. It's like so safe as a exactly. beer. Exactly. Boring and it's like here's yeah. he, here's their line of comfort on this side is, is your bud. And it's like just right here it's just right on the other side of it yes and they're like oh wow yeah this is really good i might have to oh it's I the might. same price as the other stuff but yeah it's actually the same price and exactly it's, it's easy and easy to find so yeah and 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 that starts them down the slippery slope that is costco sells beer. it like it's one of those <laughs> like costco sells it and costco i would not say has the world's greatest taste in beer but they have boy they have a few of those it's like excellent yep. just safe yep. easy get people to that so you you said you work in video games what do you do um, well, I started a company a few months ago. I work in a weird place doing, I'm trying to redesign how video games make money, Okay, which sounds weird. Um, I, I don't know if you're big into video games. Uh, I am. I am. I am a gaming nerd. My wife is a gaming nerd. I mean, I've got a battle station upstairs. That's two 4k 27 inch monitors. My wife has four monitors. So we, uh, excellent. We, we are computer so, geeks. <laughs> video games make money in kind of one of three ways. You flatly pay for a product, which yep. I'm fine. Yeah. Like it's fine. It's just normal. So it's work. That's my favorite style. Yes. And then there's free to play with microtransactions. <laughs> yeah. It's, the idea is great. Uh, free games for everyone, which means more people can play them. People who don't have as much money. I love that yep. big, big giant user bases, but then they basically use FOMO and gambling addiction in order to get people to spend more money. Right. Um, or straight pay to win, which is kind of the third. And I think the grossest, and again, I don't think anyone wants to make any of these. I think there's a way. And uh, our platform's kind of designed and um, 
we'll see. It's not live yet, but it's kind of built around the idea that video games should flatly be free. I believe play as a thing should be a thing that is free for all people. There should not be any roads to pay for it the way sports works. Um, I go play. I've got a four-year-old and I run out in the yard with him. I don't pay money to anyone to play soccer. I don't even have to buy a ball. We use a dodgeball because who gives because a shit? Like, why not? <laughs> but it's still soccer. Like the rules of soccer still keep it soccer. It's don't use your right. hands, kick it this way, hit it in the goal. And he's learning. And it's the same soccer that Messi plays. But even Messi doesn't pay money to play soccer. Like it would be silly to anyone that, well, I, he can buy gold shorts and he can stand out in the field with plus two extra speed shoes. Like, <laughs> like people would, people think it's silly, but this is literally how video games are designed now. Like from oh, the yeah. ground up. Most and, definitely. And I couldn't hate it more. And so that's what my team is doing, trying to build a way to do just flatly free games where the player doesn't ever spend a penny and can't actually. So it's fun. It's been a really weird ride. Um, and we're kind of getting out there. We're looking launching into this year. Before this, I've done VR. I worked on Avatar and Star Wars and worked for James Cameron for four years. Like I've done a lot of really cool stuff. Um, but this is kind of like my baby these days. That's awesome. No, no, that, that that's fantastic. I, I always love finding out what it is people do. I mean, in a previous life, I was I was an executive for a medical corporation. Uh, I, I, I yeah, yeah, go, go, go figure. Right. I, I've been a home brewer for about 15 years. Good for um, you. I, uh, I, 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 I met my wife, uh, on social media. We, we got married and she decided she didn't want to move to the United States due to the political climate. And I couldn't say that I, that I blamed her. So she asked if I'd be willing to move to Canada. So I retired early and moved to Canada with the plans of opening a brewery until I found out, uh, just how hard in Ontario it is to open a brewery. Um, you know, there's so much rigmarole, so many hoops you guys jump through. And then, uh, so yeah, right now I, uh, you know, she said, well, well, you can't be retired because, uh, I'm not ready to retire yet. And it's not fair that you'd be retired and I wouldn't be, and I'd still be working. So you have to go find a job. So I went back into it, but I decided to take a job where I have like little to no responsibility. So when I leave work, I leave work which leaves me plenty of time to do my hobbies, which are brewing beer and talking about beer. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, um, people laugh at me when I say, cause I've, I've worked in, I've had amazing jobs. I'm so lucky the work that I've been able to do and the people I've been able to work with, but I missed working in a kitchen. Like I missed, I was a chef for a little while, a cook, a line cook, sous chef. I've done it all. And I miss it because exactly that reason when you're done for the day, you crack a beer and you're done. Mm -hmm. Like, nothing carries home with you. It's not like you, well, I, I'm going to take the the recipe list tomorrow. I'm going to go home and prep it. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no you, not a thing. you're done. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you kind of are just, you go home and you do other things, which is, um, I mean, that sounds so stupid when I say it out loud, because I don't, I, life is work. Like it's especially working from home. And it's one of the, you know, the bonuses I get to be at home. My, my daughter was just born. So I get to just be around her all fucking day, which is amazing. And right. But at the same time, I'm 80, hundred hour weeks without even knowing it because yeah, you because, just are doing it because that separation is a little harder when you're work from home. I, I mean, I, I understand I was work from home for, for a long time. Um, I mean, when I moved to Canada, I was actually still working for the company that I, that I worked for in the United States and I was doing everything remotely. And, and, uh, I did that for, uh, six or so months. And then, uh, then, then, you know, I, I retired and, and, uh, you know, that last, you 
it lasted all of six months before my wife's like, yeah, no, you can't be retired. So I got another job and I was working from home from that job. But yeah, you do. You tend to, unless you can really set hard boundaries, it's hard not to. I mean, you drift back into doing work. You're like, oh, I'll just go check on this while while I'm waiting on this. And you end up doing 80 Speaking to 100 of beer, hours. Here's the thing I'm curious about. And this is the thing, it's even for your listeners, I'm fascinated by. Because one of the things I've really been interested in is the way social everything has changed ever since we've gone remote. And I don't think we're going back, which for a lot of reasons, I'm really happy. Um, mm -hmm. Specifically, two things. One, the idea of having a child interrupt a video call before COVID was the worst thing that could happen. Oh, the worst like, offense ever. Yeah. It was awful. And now, like, no one, not only does anyone give a shit, like, kids are in the room. Like, it's like, this is just my life. Get over it. Related to that is beer. Beer during work. So, so, cause it's not during work, but you're on a work call. Right. So, so do you socialize? Do you, I do we have people in, we have people in Sweden, uh, their, their night is 10 at night. He's having a beer. He's relaxing. We're in the middle of our day. It, it's like, we're cool with it. Like I, I made it clear my company, no one gives a shit, but I'm always fascinated. Like, do the bigger companies care? How does this even work for something like that? That it used to be so verboten, like absolutely could you imagine drinking a beer on a video call for work? Like, yeah, two, you know, three it, years ago, it, it, it's funny. Um, I I've been, I've been incredibly fortunate that uh, pretty much every company I've ever worked for has been really good about that. Like I was always the guy that we'd go out for lunches uh, uh, with, with people from work and I'd be like, I'm going to have a beer. And then, you know, like my boss would look at me and go, yeah, I'm going to have a beer too. And as long as you only had one or two during this lunch meeting, yes. no, nobody said anything. No one cares. So, so that carried over. So when we went, everything went remote, I'd be, I'd be in meetings for work with like the president of the company and uh, the head, of, the head of, of the department that I was working for with the previous company I was with. And I'd be like, you know, we were sitting there. I'd be like, yeah. So, uh, what, what what are we talking about here today? And they'd be like, "Oh, what are you yeah. drinking, Rob?" <laughs> yeah, e eating eating food during video calls, like really important ones. Even like it's, I'm very happy that's changed. Like I yeah. cannot say how happy I am that that's changed because it it was video calls were so somber and specific, and there was like a regimented social regality about them that I'm really kind of glad is out the fucking window because I oh, hated that. I, I I am too. I mean, um. For as many for for all the all the fucking bad shit that COVID did, um, allowing people to to prove that the jobs that people said couldn't be done from home could be done from home, and breaking all all these stupid rules like oh well you can't do that on a video call and you can't be doing that during work hours, all that uh, stuff even changing work hours because uh, uh, it's a fun part. I'm I'm CEO, which I've never been before, so this has been weird. But when we're talking like with new hires and people are like, so how do you do work hours? Because apparently a lot of companies are still doing the, hey, we're sending you a laptop, you log in, we time it, and yep. we watch what you're doing on it all day. And I'm just like, like that just feels like the worst thing ever. And my team, and I can say this with confidence, uh, is producing two to three X what they would do otherwise. I have none of that. It's For me, it's lay out the tasks. You have to do what you say you're going to do. If it takes you 20 minutes during the week, I don't really care. As long as it's need done to do, on time. As long as and it's done, done right. on time, I don't yeah. care. And uh, and if it's not done on time because you need more time, it means we need to hire more people. Talk to me like that. It's it's a different mentality. And I think people are one people. Everyone's happier. I'm happier because yeah. I don't have to be like 
time managing people, which is genuinely the worst kind of management that there is. But on top of it, like people can just have lives. Yeah. Like it's, no, no, I, I, I totally agree. When, when I was, uh, sounds I, so stupid to say these sentences out loud. You, 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 what's, what's sad is, yeah, it sounds stupid, but it, it it's also perfectly valid and common sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when I was an executive, I was chief information officer for a, 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 a fairly large medical corporation. They own five different companies. And my, my management style was, I don't care what you do while you're working in the office, at home, whatever. Uh, here's your project list. Here's the, da- the due date. Get it done by this date. I don't care if you spend your entire day in the office watching YouTube videos and work at night when you want to work after eating dinner or whatever. As long as the project is done on yep. time and it works the way it's supposed to work, good. You know, you want you want to sit, you want to be in the office here and you want to sit around and 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 you know just kind of be around in case there's a problem and do your actual work some other time. Great, you do that. You want to work your ass off during the time when you're in the office. Great, you do that. As long as it gets done, I didn't care. And and I'm still that way. I mean, um, where I'm working now, I'm I'm you know the senior position in uh, in in the IT department I work in. And I told the, the the two junior guys that are below me the same thing. I'm like, I don't care what you guys do with your time during the day, as long as the projects get done on time and they work the yep. way they're supposed to. And and I just I've never understood how that wasn't a thing to begin with. It's like, who cares if the work is getting done? Who cares what they're doing when you walk? Because by? it's a great book. If you haven't read it, David Graber, Bullshit Jobs. Um it is the best book on why this exists as you're talking about and the way he did. He does like an ethnography of like how work works. And it turns out like 60 to 80% of jobs are what he calls bullshit jobs. They're not needed. And he has like a, a list of why. And one of them is middle managers where their job is literally just managing people in and out for someone who's managing them. They're just like a middleman of management. And so because of that middleman of management, we create secondary middlemen of management. And it becomes this like, it, it has a self-reinforcing, I need to be doing something. So therefore we're doing X, Y, and Z mentality to it. It's completely worth reading. It's a super fun read and also slightly depressing and pretty funny. Um, <laughs> uh, totally worth reading. It bullshit jobs. Good. It's a good one about that. I'll, ha- I'll have to check it out. Yeah. I mean, um, I understand that completely. Like I've never understood the, uh, the whole middle management person. It's like, uh, you know, you, you, they spend their entire day scheduling meetings with people to justify their existence. Um, you know, it's like, Oh, well I've got this and this and this and this and this to do, but yeah. Okay. But what are you Mm -hmm. actually doing? You're just meeting with people. You're not actually producing anything. You're not, you're not the person who's actually making the product. You're not the person who's actually doing anything yeah. you're just you're just you're just making meetings and talking to people <laughs> when it's and it's the way he breaks it down is almost like it's embarrassing as you think about it so it's, his first one is flunkies that people whose job specifically exists to make their bosses feel important uh receptionists assistants store greeters uh, uh whatever it is uh, then there's goons who specifically are <laughs> just there to harm and deceive people like lobbyists uh telemarketers whatever then there's duct tapers uh, who fix problems that could be fixed permanently, <laughs> but nice. don't fix them permanently. Um, and box tickers who do like that's the one I'm talking. We're talking about. We're talking about box tickers. The appearance of something useful being done, but it's not. And then the last is the tax masters who create extra work 
uh, for those who don't need it. And that's the, the last bit. And it's, and he breaks down and it's, and it's almost comedic if he wasn't really good at breaking down, like here are literal examples of these things and how they operate. And then, and as you read, you're like, Oh, good Christ. That's like, it's, it's some, a third of my job sometimes. Like, it's like wonderful. I'm, it's just really, it was something, it was something. So I, I have moved on. Uh, I'm on my second beer. This is lifeline from green and grit. Another one that's uh, mm. got a nice color to it. It's a little bit hazy. Um, this is the one that's uh, the sour with uh, blackberry, black currant and lavender. Um, Ooh, lavender. Yeah. So you get, you get the lavender more in the aroma than you do the flavor, um, which, which is fine by me. Cause I'm not a huge fan of the I don't, floral yeah, flavors. No, I don't, I don't know about flavor, for, but the, the smell I think would be inter- interesting. I don't it's, know if I've had one of those. It mingles quite well with the, uh, the kind of the acidic uh, berry aromas and, and the, the, the mm. acidity of the, uh, the tart. And this is another one that that's not overly tart. It's a, it's a mild, mild sour. Um, Which brewery is that by the way? This is green and grit. Um, green and grit. Grain and grit, yeah. Grain so and are, grit, thank you. Yes, sorry. So, so they are in um, uh, Hamilton, Ontario, um, and and uh, again, they're 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 like like most breweries. I get to know the owners, and they become friends of mine. <laughs> they are friends of ours, um, and they they make fantastic beers. I mean, they make such good beers that we uh, we we joined. They have a membership for the brewery where you get special perks, and they make such mm. good beer that we joined the brewery. So we get. Uh, once a month, we get um, four free beers, and then um, well, or or six free beers if you want six, or it's four and a uh, a free twelve ounce pour in the brewery if you go into the brewery, which is nice. And then we also get like ten percent off all merch, and we get our name on a plaque on the I'm wall. I'm just looking through some of their flavors, and it's a fresh faced sour lager with pineapple and blood orange. Good yeah. lord, that sounds like something I'd love. Yeah, they make they make some some pretty uh some pretty off the wall stuff. Um, they 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 have a a whole set called um their pilot series where it's just stuff that they try, uh, and right now they're doing a whole lot of beer wine hybrids, which would be right up your alley, my friend. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's uh it's it's tough to find. Uh, there's a one or two places in Portland who do that kind of weird combination, which is great. Uh, there's not a lot, but like I said, it's like the pyramid. You end yep. up like there's one. And then maybe if it gets large enough, there'll be a second and you go, Oh, then it's, then it's my happy day. But yeah, like it's not that common. We're, we're, we're really fortunate uh, where we live. We are within an hour or an hour and a half of, I would say probably a hundred or so really good craft breweries. And, Mm. and, and there's probably, there's probably at least that many or more, not quite as good craft breweries, but still acceptable craft breweries. And then of course you've always got your, well, that, that one's complete garbage craft breweries, but. <laughs> well, and, I, and I've only lived here for a year and a half now. And so it's been a, uh, with COVID as well, it makes it a slower pull to like, now to go explore that one, now to yep. go to try that one. But it's been a, my favorite thing. I forgot how much I loved doing that. When I was in Denver and my cousin and I, uh, before my cousin passed, we used to just spend all the time going to like random little places and like trying. I, I love doing that. It's the best uh, because it's even, even a bad beer is still a good experience, which is hilarious. Like, yes, because it, at worst you get to go, well, this was terrible. And you laugh about it a little bit. <laughs> exactly. It's still, it's still beer. So it's, it's still beer. Right. Right. And you know, and, and, and a good day with a bad beer is still better than the best day 
working. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a fishing or golfing, I think. Fishing, golfing, and beer. Uh, those are the the three, right? Doesn't it? I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. There's uh, there, there, one of the one of the other really good things that happened here in Ontario uh, with with the onset of COVID is um, beer delivery. So prior to COVID. Um, craft breweries were not allowed to ship their product. You had to go to the brewery to buy it, or you had to, or they had to uh, have distribu- distribution uh, agreements with the the local uh, liquor control board. Um, with the advent of, of COVID and people not being able to go anywhere, they loosened the restrictions, and now breweries are able to ship all over the province, which is fantastic. Uh, someone actually even put together a website. Um, it was like uh, what the Ontario craft beer index or something like that or ontario beer in i can't, I can't remember it's like odb ontario or, beer deliver delivery index odbi.ca yes and and so when covid first started my wife and i would literally go on that site and i'd hit the scroll wheel on my mouse and just scroll through all the breweries and where them where the pointer was i'd click on it and we'd order something from them and have it delivered and we've discovered so many really good beers that way and then it's like well once once all the restrictions are up and we're actually traveling places again this is a place we need to go and you know and a couple of those breweries i've actually uh had them on my show and 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 talked about their their beers and and you know it's definitely like oh yeah this is definitely someplace i i need to go and have beers in their facility and check out things because the 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 products are fantastic and you know it it, it it's just been it's been great in in terms of that and i don't see that going away at any at, at any time because now you know the the government's realized well shit if people are buying beer and having it delivered we're still making the tax money off of it <laughs> yeah I, I, well and, and they're starting to do i think my favorite thing i saw they're starting to uh do beer to go alcohol to go because that's a lot of places you're not allowed to leave the place once you order right. stay and they i know a few cities i mean in europe that's not even a thing um, but a few cities in the U.S. like started like, what if we allowed it? Turns out it's actually better for everyone. It results in fewer deaths, fewer car accidents, yep. fewer drunk driving, all that fun stuff. Well, um, and, and you're not going to a restaurant to buy a case of beer. You might have a couple no, of them to go no, with. Yeah. You know, you, so, you take your wine and you walk outside then and you're not beaten by police for just walking around with some right. wine. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you're like, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to to Shea Ricardo's and buy a case of beer at at seven dollars a can where I can go to the liquor store and get it for like a buck and a half can. So (laughs) it's not like, you know, it's not like people are going to be buying a a ton of it. They're going to have one or two and they're going to walk off premises with the last one that they had in their hand or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We've got uh, not quite that liberal here, but uh, we've got it to where now. Uh, restaurants and 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 places can can sell you beer to go with your meals mm-hmm. and and um you know the the big shocker here was like uh, i think it was about six months ago uh or so uh the food delivery services so like doordash and uber eats and that could deliver alcohol with your meals for you as well uber eats has started doing it here and i'm just like okay all right yeah. this is thing. so yeah you know you want to order a nice meal and a bottle of wine to go with it you can now, which is great. I mean, and it, and it's beneficial for everybody involved. So it is uh, significantly better. Well, and it's and again, um, it's better for the breweries because yes, uh, we need more of them. We do. We really do. I mean, you know, they're they're and it is tough. I mean, to your point, you you you. I'm hoping you haven't given up on, on... doing the 
having your own brewery. Oh no, I did give up on having my own brewery, but I have a but 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 I'm gonna have a fucking kick ass home brewery. Um, See, I just what you I, should do. A buddy of mine ran into this in California. Same kind of California is the same kind of nightmare in that way. Um, and he found that he could brew for another brewery. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, they have they have uh, up here. It's kind of the, the reverse. They have contract brewing, so you can brew at another brewery for your company. So you don't have to have the investment and everything, but you still have to have all the licensing and everything. And up here, oh. to to manufacture beer is one license. To distribute beer is another license. To sell beer on your own location is another license. To have people allowed in to sample your beer is a license and to have people buy beer by the glass is a fifth license and all of them cost money. So it's, it, it, it's, it's a logistical nightmare um, in terms of, of licensing and paperwork. And, and, you know, my wife and I were talking about it and we had, we had, we had a, a decent amount of money earmarked that we had saved to, to open a brewery. And she's like, well, you know, we could go through with this and go through everything, but, but realize that, that you're not going to have vacations for the next five or so years. No, it's, it's your life at that point. Yeah. It's and true. I'm like, that's a good point. So rather than opening a brewery, I'm just going to have a really nice home brew set up. So I've actually got, uh, it's supposed to be delivered uh, the middle of next month. So in about, in about a month, um, I've got a one barrel system, uh, skid mount system coming. So it's a three vessel system, um, that that's, commercial quality that's going to be in in my garage so i've got a huge garage that we built uh when when we bought this house we we built a, a new garage on it and i had a had it designed with brewing space in mind so it's got a, i've got a huge garage uh with brewing space i'm going to have one barrel fermenters in the whole bit so it's basically going to be my own personal commercial brewery <laughs> we had to move into a smaller when we came up here we got we're, we're in a smaller place now we got just like a couple bedrooms and a in a small garage and at some point that is uh, my hope is to get out just a little further from society, be able to have a little bit more and have a workspace brewery. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, so we lucked yeah. out. Um, housing, the housing market up here is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and everywhere, ev- everywhere, everywhere, but, but uh, you know, Toronto is like uh, listed as I think uh, the second most expensive city in the world right now uh, for, for buying housing. Um, we bought this place right before everything really blew up. So we ended up getting a, a really good deal on a house on three quarters of an acre. So I've got, I've got, I've got a little bit of land, not, not anything that's unmanageable, not a, not a big burden, but you know, I've got, uh, I've got a garage that's uh, two and a half cars wide and 50, 50 feet deep. So it's got plenty of space. I parked the cars in the front. I drew beer brewing in the back and it's absolutely fantastic. I have it, uh, you know, we had it built, we had it all, wired for everything we needed and we had plumbing put in because i knew i was going to be buying a, a bigger brewing system than what i had when we, when we moved here so you know mm-hmm. it's all good <laughs> yeah that's awesome it's it's i don't know jealous on that front it's a fun <laughs> it's a there's there's nothing and again to go back to my my dreams and maybe i over romanticize my time there's nothing like making something that people like can enjoy in the way that they can with food or beer or wine oh yeah no no most definitely uh, i feel the same way he's like you know, a lot of a lot of people are like, "Well, man, you're spending a lot of money on this new brewing system. Are you gonna sell the beer?" I'm like, "No, but I'll give it away to anybody who wants to drink it. Come on over, have a beer, bring a growler or two, and take some home with you. <laughs> take some home with you. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, you know, awesome. it's yeah, it, it is. It, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's one of those things that uh, you know, it, it's a hobby for me, and uh, I think I think in the long run, I'll be happy that I've kept it a hobby rather than making it a vocation. 
yeah. You know what? I know what you mean. I yeah. like that. So I like that. Yeah, because I've had a few friends who've gone to, but sometimes it works uh, to go back to City Beer Store. It's uh, Craig and Beth. Uh, they're the founders of it. It's a married couple. Some of the nicest goddamn people I've ever met in my life. Like ridiculously nice. Um, and he just really likes beer. Like you enjoy beer quite a bit. I'm not saying you don't. <laughs> like it's another level. And so they had like just two refrigerators and then three or four, like the full size. Like it's nice. And you'd, you'd pay a corkage fee to drink it on premises. And they had a few, it was very simple. And then it grew bigger. And then they opened a second one and a third. And then they've got like this, like, and it's, it's turned into a full thing for him where he's actually quite successful doing it. So there's, there's a path now to your point earlier though. That was like a lot of years of no vacations to get to the point where now they actually can take quite a few and enjoy themselves and they travel and have all the best beers in the world. And everyone wants to have Craig come try their beers and he's cause he's awesome. Yeah. Um, but it's uh it takes a while, but yeah, it's, that's, that's more a lottery ticket reality <laughs> than, yeah. than anything. Well, just, just like anything though. I mean, uh, you, you really have to, you, you have to sacrifice, you have to put in the work and, and, uh, you, you have to do it right in order to reap the benefits. And if you're not willing to do that, uh, then, then maybe you shouldn't. And, and I think on retrospect, uh, I think, uh, maybe I shouldn't, have, you know, maybe I shouldn't open a brewery. Maybe I should just do a home brew because I, I enjoy it. And, and I think if I did it as, as, as a job, I don't think I'd enjoy it as much. I'd still enjoy it, but not as much. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a passion anymore. It would be an obligation. It'd be a stress. It'd be yeah. a stress because it's, it's, um, it's the, you know, I got into making video games. It's a, it's, it's a suffering and painful life, but I love it, but it is, so it is that like, and so it's, it changes a lot of the mentality around why you do what you do in your spare time, why you do what you do when you're not, and I think beer and things that are so deeply recreational and almost spiritual, like as a relaxing and renewing self experience, I think that's how I feel about all that stuff. It's like, it's the same reason I've always been hesitant to like open up a food cart or something. I want to do it. And that's like a fantasy, but it's like, then every day it's like, could you, do you think you can literally have that stress that if, if your passion doesn't make rent, like, right. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, like if your passion I, I, doesn't make rent. Do you want to then not do your passion anymore? Like, I, 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 I think fully that understand that. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I, I, I am uh, fortunate enough that, uh, I could, uh, I, I could, I could open a brewery and I could, uh, not worry about it because I've, I've made financial decisions in my life that, that have put me in a place where I could try and do this and, and, if I didn't make money at it, it'd be like, oh, well, that was that was a that was a failed venture, but uh, it was a good experience. But then, you know, I, I'm also at the point where I'm like, but do I want to do I want to lose that money? Uh, you know, do I want to make that gamble or do I just want to keep brewing stuff at home for myself and be able to play and and take yeah. those vacations and and go go visit all these other breweries that are making fantastic beer? You know, it's one of those it, 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 it's 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 a it's that it's that weird line uh, and where do you want to fall and and i think i i think i want to stay on the uh, i, I want to stay on the amateur side of things i'm with you on that i think it's um there's professionals overrated yep 
professionals overrated. I'm with you on that. <laughs> All right, my friend, we have been talking for 58 minutes, That's, believe it or not. We have been. I, I told you we could do. I told you we can just keep talking. I love this. This was great. Thank you for having me on. Really, this was really fun. You, you, you know, anytime I you found, want to be I found on two again. new breweries. I yeah. found two new breweries, which is hey. great. Although I probably won't be able to get it shipped to me, but I have two breweries in case I'm in Canada, which is nice. Oh, we might be able to ship something. We to might you. be able to figure a thing out. Yes, in yeah. theory, I'm just, but I wouldn't presuppose. But uh, um, you, you know, uh, I'm going to put this out there. If you ever find yourself up this way, please look me up. Uh, we we have two guest rooms. We could possibly put you up and take you around to show you a few breweries. Um, but yeah, we've been talking. I, for I have no guest rooms, but if you're in Portland ever you let me know we will go to a few good beer I'll, i will show you the town oh yeah no uh, most definitely uh actually you know what's funny is um uh i i have been to or lived in uh just about every state in the united states except for alaska hawaii oregon and washington state those are the last four i have to get to and they are definitely on the hit list of places i want to get to uh once, once I feel comfortable traveling places again, because you know people are still stupid and, and coughing on. You're people not and... alone on that one. You're <laughs> not alone on that one at all. But yeah, um, yeah, you know, this is this has been absolutely fantastic. If you ever want to be on my show again, I mean, please, please, please let me know. Um, Hit me up anytime. Uh, it's uh, it, I presume that I would give it some time. I will find some other new beers and we will yeah. discuss. Yeah, definitely. I, I tend, I tend to, uh, I tend to, uh, to. Uh, have repeat guests on um once per season so if you were on this Done. Uh, Done. this is this is season three i might be contacting you for season four i'd adore it i'll, yeah. I'll find something interesting and super weird i'll yeah, find oh, super weird you know what discussion. you know what the weirder the better because uh, there we go i love talking about strange and, and unusual things and uh you know like some some of the beers out there have those super complex uh flavor profiles and things like that i love talking about that but uh yeah so this uh th this episode uh will will be airing sometime in may of 2022 i'm not sure exactly when i got because <laughs> I'm, um, I'm good whenever it goes up this was just i just this was a lark. I was like, you know what? I like beer. Fucking I'll be on this podcast. I don't give a shit. Let's do yeah. this. No, no. And, and I, I really appreciate it because one, I, I enjoy talking to people and I enjoy talking about beer. And two, I love meeting new people and interesting people. And you, my friend, are both new and interesting to me. Well, I'm flattered. <laughs> and uh, we should. Uh, and you can edit this out. If you let me know uh, anything nearby, uh, Little Beast Brewery, by the way, would be the one to look at. We could do a beer exchange. Oh, Just saying. Yeah, no, no, mo mo most definitely. You know, if if you ship things to Canada and you mark it as plumbing supplies, <laughs> they, they, or 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 functional glass art, <laughs> things things of that nature. Um, yeah, they, they they tend to they tend to slide right right through customs. But uh, yeah, no, most definitely. Um, I, I'm trying a new new thing with my shows. I'm not recording as many shows in advance because I had a problem before where I, I put out feelers. I'm like, hey, I need I need guests, and I would schedule like 30 guests, and then people are like, oh, when's Five my show up? Yeah, well, no, no, I, I'd have them all show up, and they'd be like, oh, when's my episode gonna gonna air? Well, you were guest number 22, so you're going to be in June, and this is like January. <laughs> I I have. I, my my daughter was born five weeks ago, and I I have my own podcast, and it's a whole critical theory philosophy thing, and we, I haven't posted in two months. Like I, I'm, and everyone's like, you know, we've been doing readings, and I'm like, yeah, it's whenever the fuck I get to it. Like that's welcome to real life. It's, it's yeah, the way it works. Yeah, no, I I totally get it, but uh, um, 
yeah, so this will air sometime in May. I think it's going to be like the second, maybe the third week of May, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know ahead of time for sure. And, and hey, you know, uh, anyone who, who, who ends up watching this, uh, I, I really appreciate the, appreciate the fact that you watched. Uh, if you liked what you, what, you, what you saw and heard, please uh, subscribe to the channel, click like, you know, all that little stuff helps. Uh, if, uh, if you want to contact me, uh, you can reach me at uh, robtalksbeer at rowald.net. Uh, we can uh, schedule a time. If you want to be on the show, if you want to talk about beer, if you want to talk about why you don't like beer or why you think my show sucks, hey, let's talk about that too. I'm open for all subjects, all comers. No experience required, just to, uh, just the, uh, the uh, desire to be on camera and talk and be on a YouTube show. That's it. All right. Uh, until next time, I'm Rob from the Internet. Thanks for watching.